What is a muse? A muse is defined as someone who serves as a source of inspiration, particularly for science and music. As your muse, I will serve as your source of inspiration for various hot trending topics within the black community each week. So stay tuned. Peace. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Melanated Muse podcast with your host, Leah Marie. But since I didn't really have time to like type up a script, this is going to be a little unscripted and a little unfiltered and a little real. So please bear with me. Today was a very busy day. Um, just got in from work, but that's all you need to know. So today, a lot has been going on especially, you know, with campus life. A lot of schools, universities across America are, you know, reopening. Wow, I don't even know what to say at this point because it's, I'm at a loss of words for what's going on. Um, you know, in regards to mental health, it's, <laughs> I don't know what to say because I'm, <laughs> it's just laughable. There's so many, you know, so much happening that it's hard for our brains to, you know, truly process what's going on. Um, and I was, I recently got this magazine from uh, the American Psychology Association, APA. I just signed up for a membership with them a couple months ago. And basically, I guess one of the articles, you know, discussed extensively about how mental health affects every aspect of people's lives. Um, and I know recently that loneliness is a very, is, you know, a contributing factor to our mental health issues because prior to COVID, um, the loneliness factor was kind of high, but, you know, since COVID has happened, and since we've had, you know, the other, you know, financial and social issues that have happened, our loneliness rates have kind of increased and leaves us at a sense of uncertainty because of COVID, because it's beyond our control. We don't really know what to do. Um, and with regards to schools on campus, I know a lot of younger people like myself, you know, I think statistics have shown that we have experienced, you know, higher numbers when it comes to loneliness and it's it's crazy it really is crazy um let me see if i could actually find a good story because it's ridiculous it's ridiculous um Let's go right here, if you could find a good story. Like I've read so many articles on college life and mental illness. Mental illness has always been around, but so many people, you know, try to downplay it. And mental illness is real. Especially, you know, for us college students, we've, let me tell you, we're dealing with a lot right now. Um, a lot of our sports events are canceled, well, sports teams, I should say. 
um, you know, with, um, in light of like the recent protests and things of that nature, it really has us, you know, our anxiety kind of high because it's ridiculous. I don't even know what to say. I really don't. <laughs> I just want to make this as real and raw as possible. Um, let's see. Let's see. I think I'll find a good article that talks about it. I could find it here. Sorry for the long pause. We're gonna find it. We're gonna find it. So I'm gonna bring up some statistics here with regards to students, college students in particular, and our mental health. You'd be surprised. So I'm looking at this article right here. And one, a couple of, you know, the statistics regarding students, college students and mental health. Um, says here, and I quote, 27% of college students have been diagnosed with depression. Um, this is based on the editor's pick. 57.7% of students have felt overwhelming anxiety in the past year. 39% um, of all students in the U.S. report dealing with some kind of mental illness, and 64% of students drop out of college because of mental health problems. So these are just, you know, some of the statistics. There's probably a lot more, but I can probably link that in our episode description page. So you can read more on that at your own time. But yeah, that's, you know, some of the statistics. I could go on and on. But I know, like with this COVID, a lot of students are worried about how the rest of the semester will play out. I know myself, like, hearing from what's been going on at my school, I'm like, wow, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, what can we do? Like, is there any other option that we can take? Because I don't know what else to do. I can't even articulate what's been happening. I wish I could say more, but please take care of your mental health. There's so many resources available out there, especially in this day and age with um, our generation. I know with you know our parents' generation, um, they were brought up in a more conservative time where you know, it was considered maybe a weakness um, to share your feelings. You kind of have to suppress your emotions and kind of you know, deal with it with certain things and roll with the punches but you know over time you continue to suppress those emotions eventually they will at a certain point if you're under pressure in a certain emotional situation um your emotions will you know how like if you shake up a bottle of soda and you know the soda starts gushing out that's kind of how your emotions will be if you suppress them for so long you'll be triggered by something your emotions will just pour out in a very unhealthy way so if you're feeling vulnerable about something, especially, you know, my fellow college students, if you're worried about how your semester is going to play out, how life will be after graduation or some sort, 
talk to someone. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of um, licensed professionals that can help you. I know for myself, um, um, starting my well, towards the end of my freshman year, I started going to counseling for a little while um, because, you know, I just wanted to be curious. Like, um, I wanted to know what my mental state was like. And, you know, after some sessions talking with, you know, our campus counselor, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of insecurities and things that I had to deal with and that I'm overcoming. Um, so even if you feel like you're fine, if something's off, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay because you're not always going to have your good days. Um, make sure you go talk to someone, not just like a professional person, but also you could talk to like a friend or family member, anybody for that matter. Take care of yourself. And I guess another thing that kind of contributes to our, you know, I guess students, our mental health is, you know, social media and probably the news because like it's in our face and sometimes we get so consumed and caught up in it um, that it kind of gives us a lot of anxiety like, oh man, what are we gonna do? The world is in shambles. Um, sometimes it's okay to back away from the news. Even though it's okay to be informed, sometimes you gotta back away. Give yourself a break from social media, it's okay. Because you don't need to be on it all the time because social media and even the news can be like a black hole. Like once you're in it, you'll be sucked in it forever. So like, give yourself a break. Um, there's a lot of self-care tips out there um, that you know I don't have time to mention, but you know some self-care tips could be obviously talking with friends, um, maybe um, burning some incense. <laughs> Not burning some incense. I'm trying to think of another thing. Um, I guess using essential oils for anything. Um, maybe exercising. Um, what else? Oh. Let's see. Spending time with family, of course. Uh, playing a video game or, you know, hanging out with your pets or whatever. Whatever you, whatever you consider self-care, that's what you can do. Um, that's how you can take care of your mental health because with a lot that's going on, sometimes it can make you go crazy. I'll be honest with you. There are times when I want to go crazy because, you know, you're dealing with a lot of different areas of your life including this, you know, recent pandemic. So take care of yourself, please. And um, we're gonna transition into some other stories. Um, we're gonna go for a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hey guys, um, we're back. I hope you enjoyed that break. In today's Daily Musings, we have some very sad, unfortunate news. Very sad news. Um, I'm pretty sure you all remember Chadwick Boseman from Black Panther um, and other movies. Um, he played King T'Challa in that 2018 film. I'm pretty sure I remember the famous, you know, Wakanda symbol, Wakanda forever. Um, unfortunately, 
it was confirmed from one of his reps that he had passed away last night after a four-year fight of colon cancer. Um, I just got the news this morning from a family member of mine, and I was shook because not only did I remember Chadwick Boseman from Black Panther, I remember several years ago I saw him in um, uh, um, Jackie Robinson. I think the film was called 42. Yeah, it was called 42. It was about Jackie Robinson's life. Um, but yeah, he was only 43 years old and I was shook and I'm still trying to, man. Still trying to wrap my head around that because it just happened so fast. It happened so fast. Yeah, I didn't really know I wasn't really following his career like that, but it, it just shakes me how everybody's just just passing away like that. Um, first, you know, Kobe, then later, earlier this year, Andre Harrell, and I'm trying to think of other people, Little Richard, all these people just gone. Um, Chadwick Boseman, he, from what I've known about him, he was a graduate of Howard University. Um, I know Kamala Harris, who's our current, you know, vice, pre vice presidential Democratic nominee, she paid a tribute to, um, she paid a tribute to Chadwick by posting a couple tweets, I believe. Yeah, let me see if I could find her tweets. Because it's ridiculous. All right, so about 20-something hours ago, she had posted, heartbroken, my friend and fellow bison, Chadwick Boseman, was brilliant, kind, learned, and humble. He left too early, but his life made a difference. Sending my sincere condolences to his family. So just like Chadwick, Kamala is also a high, a Howard graduate. It's, it is crazy, man. It is crazy. Chadwick Boseman, he was a fine actor from when I've, heard so far. Um, he also did other films that I wasn't even aware of. If I could actually find it. I mean, he had some, like, I guess television roles. Um, but his big break didn't really come until 2013, if I could actually find it. Can I find it? Can I find it? I don't know. Let's look at this article from The Hollywood Reporter. Maybe it will tell us what films he worked in. So not only Black Panther, and he also worked in um, Marshall, which was a film about um, Thurgood Marshall's life. Thurgood Marshall was, I think, the first African-American Supreme Court Justice. Um, he worked, I think, from 1967 up until his death in 93. So you're talking about almost 20 years. Well, actually, over 20 years. Almost 30 years in the Supreme Court. Um, 
Chadwick also worked in, I guess, his recent film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and dig this. Chadwick, while I was doing all those films, he was having surgeries and chemotherapy. So we honestly, it kind of shook me because um, doing all those works while in chemotherapy, that that's a lot. That takes strength. Um, so this guy is a very fine actor. If you haven't checked out his work, um, I guess you should do that um, to pay tribute to him. Um, let's see. Chadwick was also from South Carolina. Wow. Who would have known? Who would have known? Um, but rest in peace to, you know, Chadwick Boseman. You were truly an icon in your own right. Um, let's see. Do we have any more information on Chadwick? Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm still at a, I'm still at a loss. I'm still at a loss of words. But rest in peace to Chadwick. You will sincerely be missed. Um, if you need more information about Chadwick, I will also post that in the description box below to learn more about his life and pay tribute to him in any way that you can. Um, but yeah, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. Um, we're going to go into another quick break and then we'll be right back. Alrighty, muses, I hope you guys enjoyed that quick break. When I mean quick, it was quick. But right now, we're going to segue into another story that came across my timeline. So, in case you didn't know, yesterday was the 57th anniversary on the March on Washington. So 57 years ago, many demonstrators and other famous civil rights leaders made a crusade to Washington to, you know, demand voting rights. That's initially what, you know, the March on Washington from 63 was about. Um, and I'm pretty sure everybody can associate that historic demonstration, one of the most historic civil rights demonstration of this 20th or of the 20th century. Um, they could associate that with Dr. King's famous I Have a Dream speech. That's what everyone's familiar with. And it was a very iconic speech indeed. Um, There's a lot of great people there. I know in particular, you know, um, John Lewis, I remember him. He was one of the speakers there and he gave a fiery speech too. And I'm trying to think of other um, people that spoke. There was a clergyman from the Archdiocese of Washington that spoke as well. Um, but that doesn't matter, though. Um, even though it did matter, that's not the point. The point is, um, you know, yesterday, um, a lot of, you know, civil rights leaders and other demonstrators came to pay tribute and commemorate that anniversary of the 
you know, marching on Washington. And this time, it was still the same message, but it's a, for a different generation. Um, they were coming this time to protest, you know, the unjust killings of black people by police, um, obviously the voting rights, and this current pandemic and, you know, the upcoming election. I don't have any, let me see if I could ha get any more information on that, because I started to watch a little bit of it yesterday, but, you know, because of work, I, I couldn't really keep up with it, but let's see if I could find it. Can I find it? Yes, I can. All right, so this time the demonstration was called the Commitment March, Get Your Knees Off My Neck. So it, like I said, it's here. It was protesting mainly police brutality. And there are like several highlights of it. I might post some in the description just to give you guys a little background. But from what I've seen, just like the march from 57 years ago, it was packed with people from all over the country, especially the Black Lives Matter movement. And of course we had, you know, masks and you know, people were being protective or, or taking precaution, I should say. A lot of speakers, it was mainly um, the speakers, they were families of, you know, the victims of police brutality, those that were killed within, you know, within this last several years by police. Um, I know most notably Jacob Blake's family was there. George Floyd's family was there. I believe Breonna Taylor's family was there. It was it was something. I'm probably gonna watch it, but I've heard that um, you know, one of the biggest highlights was Martin Luther King Jr.'s granddaughter Yolanda Renee King. She spoke at the march in Washington, and there's a quote right here that I'm looking at right now um, that says, "We are going to be the generation." that dismantles systematic racism once and for all, now and forever. We stand and march for love and we will fulfill my grandfather's dream. So you do the math, the whole gist of this commitment march was to you know, recognize the dream that Dr. King and those other leaders had 57 years ago and try to keep the movement forward and make good necessary trouble, like John Lewis said. Um, but I've, I need to kind of, like I said, do a little research on this more, but, man, this was history in the making, especially in the midst of this election. We got to wake up. If that's one thing, if that's one thing that you don't remember from this episode, just remember we got to really make change. We really got to make change because that's the only way this world can change for the better. I don't know what else to say about it, but you have to go back and look at the highlights for yourself for this historic march. Remember all the sacrifices that, you know, our ancestors made for us to even get to this point. And I'm talking about my black people right here. Um, yeah, this is... This is history right now. And then to kind of tie into that, I believe it was yesterday, 65 years ago. So several years prior to this historic march in Washington, Emmett Till um, 
I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the story. Matteo was a 14-year-old boy who had spent the summer in Money, Mississippi to spend time with his cousins and I think his great uncle. Um, I think one afternoon, he and some other kids had went to a little local convenience store, maybe to get some candy or something. Um, it was owned by, I guess, these two brothers um, and one of their spouses. And this, the wife, I should say, um, her name was Caroline Bryant. Um, she had it accused Till of whistling at her. Um, not accused Till. Actually, yeah, she did accuse Till. I guess of behaving with her inappropriately. And so the two men, Mr. Bryant and his brother J.W. Millam, they later that evening kidnapped Till, basically beat him to a pulp and killed him. And then they dumped his body into the Tallahatchie River. And, you know, several days later, his body was recovered and identified based on a ring with his initials. And then his body was transported back to his hometown of Chicago, where he was from, um, to his mother, the late Mamie Till Mobley. And um, his service was, uh, his memorial service was an open casket funeral. Um, and I guess that kind of like, you know, that kind of set the spark. Um, Till's killing kind of set the spark for this civil rights movement, this whole entire movement. Um, in you know, he was, like John Lewis had said, I think in one of his, um, I think his essay, or maybe one of his interviews or whatever, that he was the George Floyd of that time period, of their time. He was their Trayvon Martin. And, you know, having Mamie Till Mobley um, dis display her son's disfigured body to the world let, let, lets everyone know that, look, this is what not only you've done to her son, but to black people in general. This is how you've treated us for so long. And so, I mean, I remember, you know, reading about that story about Emmett Till years ago, and that even up until this day, revisiting the story now, it, it, it just shocks me. And it, it makes me wonder, you know, will our people ever be safe? Like, because we're so under attack every day. We're constantly being... My people, our people, we, we're constantly being attacked. We, we can't go anywhere without having to look behind our shoulder to make sure that nobody comes up behind us and terrorizes us or, you know, intimidates us. Like, when will this stop? When will you treat us like human beings? We built this country from the ground up. Like, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And then, I don't know if you guys remember, but recently, maybe several years ago, the woman that accused Till of, you know, engaging with her inappropriately, she confessed that she lied. Okay, you lied, but Till was still dead. She had time to protest. And she was well into her 80s, too. Makes no sense. He didn't deserve to die. He should, he should still be here. You know, passing on his legs to his grandkids, but now, no, he will be forever that 14-year-old boy that those men killed. And it's just, it's ridiculous. But I guess the silver lining in his unfortunate killing 
was that it sparked change. I think I read in one civil rights book that, you know, Emmett Till's death was the catalyst of the civil rights movement. And that's kind of, I guess, what inspired this historic march on Washington. Like, without, I guess, without that sacrifice, there would have probably been no movement. But all in all, I hope we can remember that story, you know, be reminded of how, it, I hope it serves as a reminder of how our people are still mistreated even today. It just saddens me and it sickens me that we're still mistreated this way. And another thing that I kind of want to add is that our people, especially during this time, we got to come together. We really got to come together. We got to come together, we got to unite, put aside our differences, and just work together to make the change and, you know, to inspire the world because so much is at stake. Um, whatever nuances we have with each other, we got to put them by the wayside. So. I hope this 57th anniversary of the March on Washington, or this march that happened this past Friday, for those of you that maybe attended it, or maybe have watched it by television or internet, I hope this inspires us that we still have a long way to go regarding change. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's not gonna happen within the next week. It's gonna take years. It's gonna take decades for us to, you know, implement whatever changes we're protesting for. This is why we protest. This is why we speak out about these type of issues, especially to the ones in power too. So let's, you know, come together as a unit. Let's, you know, not sit on the sidelines. Let's protest in any shape or form. It could be in the streets. It could be via social media. It could be via certain conversations we have with our friends or our family or our relatives. So whatever you do, make good, necessary trouble so we could change this world all right i said a mouthful um we're gonna go into a final break and then we're gonna get into the final story so see you guys Hey muses, we are back um, from our final break. Um, about to close out. Um, I didn't really expect this episode to be long because I kind of want to make sure that I get an episode in so I could publish it for you guys in time. Um, but I'm gonna leave you guys with some final thoughts. Um, one thing I will say is that you never know what people are going through. This was based off of a conversation I had with you know my parents. We should never compare ourselves to anyone. We should never be jealous of anybody because we don't know what battles we're fighting every day. If anything, comparison is the thief of joy. That's a scripture um, somewhere in the letters of St. Paul um, in the Bible, if you're a believer. If you're not, let's have a conversation about Jesus. Try him today. But that's not the point. Um, the point is, we're all fighting battles every day. 
um, especially during this time. We're all struggling in some type of way, shape, or form. Some people are good at hiding it, and others because it's so apparent. Um, but let's all be kind to each other. Let's all check on our check on each other during this time. Um, just to kind of reiterate back to you know the the segment on mental health from earlier in this episode. Let's all be kind to each other. Let's you know. Let's just come together because right now, especially during these crazy times, we cannot be apart. We cannot be apart in any way, shape, or form. Let's, you know, try to free our minds of any type of anxieties. Let's, you know, excuse me, look to our creator, God, Jesus, in prayer because, or any other deity that you may believe in, Let's let's get in tune with our creator, our spirituality during this time. I think that's another factor that kind of, you know, alleviated the stress about COVID and other situations um, during this time. But take care of yourself. Um, love yourself. Love others. Love the creator. And, you know, everything else will fall into place. Um, like I said, this episode wasn't going to be long. Um, I know it's kind of unusual that it's unscripted, but... You know, I didn't really have time to make up a script. I'll be very honest with you. Um, but I hope you enjoyed. I hope you learned something from it. And um, remember to, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, just live your life to the fullest. Um, cherish each day. Be thankful. Practice gratitude. You know, life's too short to be holding a grudge or um, being greedy or being insatiable, as they would say. Um, yeah, um, but that's all we have for episode five today. Um, it's a totally different world because it totally is right now. Um, it's going to be an adjustment. Hopefully they come with the vaccine, who knows. But um, that's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, please remember to follow um, the podcast on social media. Our Instagram is at Melanated Muse Podcast, and our Twitter page is capital M Mel- Muse, um, capital M Melanated, and our Facebook page is called The Melanated Muse. Um, make sure to follow me, Leah Marie, on social media. Um, my Instagram is at writemeback underscore, and my Twitter is Leah underscore Marie without the R. And also, if you're interested in becoming a guest on our podcast, or if you want me to be a guest on your podcast because I ain't got nothing else to do, um, feel free to email us at melanatedmuse20 at gmail.com. And remember, sending you love, peace, light, the Melanated Muse. Peace.